Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Episode 243 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm Four. your host, Jamie. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Episode 244 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm your host, Jamie, and I am joined by Stephen. Hello. And Melly. Yes. And I actually don't know what to say. I've run out of a, <laughs> I've run out of witty introductions for every time Celtic have been terrible. An opening rhetorical question for you, gentlemen. Is this the most repetitive English-speaking football podcast in the entire world? <laughs> not <laughs> only by not three. sacking the manager, are this club ruining the football team, but they're on the verge of ruining our podcast, and I know what's worse. I know what's worse. Look, th- this episode of 20 Minute Tims, as usual, is brought to you by our Patreon. Patreon is a subscription service that lets you support this podcast in exchange for extra wonderful podcasts, video and writing content. Now, over on our Patreon, amongst lots of other things, we have full Celtic match day coverage. That begins with the live preview show, The Three of Us, in front of the camera, bringing the live build-up for every single match, 45 minutes before kickoff. You don't need to do the Celtic TV, you don't need to do the Past of Paradise, you don't need to do Chris Boyd and Sky and Andy Walker and all the rest of it. You can tune in to us three as we bring you the big match build-up and then immediately after the game, the good old reaction podcast. As well as that, Stephen, we have an Opposition and Focus blog where our contributor Ryan brings you the lowdown in Celtic's next opponent and... We also do the good old-fashioned match report and player ratings out of 10. We have got the games covered. Yeah, and uh, as, as you say, the, maybe the, the most lauded part of it this season has been the introduction of the preview show where you get to sit, get to get have your podcast chums on your telly. Think about that, yeah, listeners. And you might have heard me say, amongst other things, we have Celtic match day coverage. And that's true. We've got a lot of Celtic features on there. And a new one that has just been added for this month is the excellent Huddle Breakdown. It's a data-driven podcast. It's actually available weekly on their own feed. You just check out the Huddle Breakdown wherever you get your podcast. But it's so good that they're producing exclusive monthly content from for our Patreon. So they look at Celtic from a data and analytics point of view. It's entertaining. It's fun. It's digestible. The guys on it are absolutely brilliant. This and we're really, really happy to have them on board, bringing us some exclusive content. So the year is 2021. <laughs> Celtic have won one match against the bottom of the league opposition. The chief executive has revealed his plans to step down at the end of the season. The manager failing has admitted that his players have let him down and he's out of ideas on how to fix it. Stephen. This is not a horror movie. 
this is real life. <laughs> Why is... I heard that as it was like the Star Wars, the, the intro, the start uh, scrolling down the screen. So glad you said that, because that's what I was going for. Stephen, <laughs> the question on everyone's lips at the moment is, why is Neil Lennon still in a job? Oh, you threw me there. I thought you were going to start another podcast with, is the league over, gentlemen? And I, I think... <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 the answer is yes. Uh, I mean, we we have gone through the various stages of this. We've gone through the gallows humour, but I feel like that mm. and that also has worn off now, and I'm just yep. back to pure burning rage. I'm about to burst into flames with this stuff, this absolute carry-on. This is, and I choose my words carefully, this situation is an absolute disgrace now, to be perfectly honest, the, the way this is rumbling on, and everyone involved now is willing participants in making this club an absolute laughing stock an absolute fuss and I'm not happy with it it is rumbling as I say it's just rumbling on with no real end in sight I can't understand why I don't know why he's still on the job because he is even talking after these games he's even talking like a guy who is about to be sacked but yet the club refuse to actually pull the trigger for reasons unknown we're going to get into all this stuff, but it's become unseemly now. It has become firmly embarrassing. We've got guys on Twitter being rumbled as being potentially Dermot Desmond's sons out there tweeting mm. back their backing for the board. It's mortifying, and I want it to end. And to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know why he's still there. The question for me, Melly, is, right, first of all, it's just strictly business, not personal. That's what I'm saying, right? But the question for me now is, what level of failure is acceptable? for the Celtic board to keep the manager in position. doesn't matter what manager it is, but we are seeing levels of failure just now, the likes of which we have not seen in our lifetimes. Um, you know, just take... If you remember a couple, a couple of weeks ago, it was a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, we sat here and we were talking about Neil Lennon's got these run of fixtures, a difficult run of seven fixtures. Back when we were playing Milan and Lille and all that, we said there's a run of fixtures here. We really we really need to pick up the performance back then. You remember us talking yep. about that in fucking October or something? <laughs> Forget that. This is January now. We've won one game and it was against the team rooted at the bottom of the table. February, mate. It's February. It oh. is February. It's February. I stand corrected. It's This is, if you take the last couple of weeks in isolation alone, this would have begun. The, the form in the last couple of weeks would have people talking about whether Neil Lennon should be still in a job. But this has been going on since basically the first day of the season. What is keeping them in the job? I have honestly no idea. Every time... He comes out with something after his press conference. That's another reason not to keep him here. He's flamed these players again at the weekend. He's talking about guys not doing it for them. He's talking about asking for professional pride. You're the manager. See all the problems that have happened. You're meant to manage that. So if, if a, a number of players want to go and the deadline shuts and they're still here, you're the man that has to make it work. If, you're not, if they're not going to play, don't play them. You've still got other players there. Everything he's doing right now isn't working, he's not been a good manager, he's not fixing any problems because they keep coming up time and time again and now he's just coming out with nonsense to the point where I, I don't want to hear from him anymore, I don't want to hear from him and it's got to the point with me now with Neil Lennon and I never thought I'd say this, this is starting to tarnish his legacy for me and I never thought I'd get to that point with him but this has gone on far too long and I can't think of a single reason that he's here because at the end of the day his job is to win football matches and he's simply not doing that against poor teams. That run you were talking about, we're getting scalped off Milan and Lille and Sparta Prague. At least that's European opposition. Now we're getting beat off St Mirren. At home, yeah. And to add yeah. to a number of losses at home this season. 
the last time St Mirren beat Celtic at Celtic Park, Paul Lambert was playing for St Mirren. So that's how long ago this this goes back. Um, Neil Lennon's post-match interview to me on Saturday as we record this on the Monday. I'm honestly amazed that that Neil Lennon is in his job now, and I've yeah. clung on to this for maybe longer than anybody. But I'm amazed. It, he sounded like a man after that St Mirren game who knew his time was up, who more or less admitted that his time was up. He said that his players had let him down, that the the pressure of the 10 had maybe got to them. He, he, he didn't, he sounded like a guy for me and it was difficult listening to it that had no fight left in him. No. And that, that, yeah. that, that was, that was a worry for me. I just thought here's a manager that's the lamest of lame ducks. You need to put him out of his misery in some way, shape or form. You yeah. can't just keep sticking by him, wheeling him out for pre-match press conferences with the inevitable questions going to come up. Now me and you guys were speaking off air before we recorded and it's got to the point now where I even think these relentless questions about Neil Lennon's future are almost futile because he's never he's never going to say at a press conference I understand maybe the guys need to ask but he's never going to say midway through a press conference yeah I'm going to resign it's you've just, charmed uh, me aye <laughs> well I've never been asked if I'm going to resign before so I'm definitely going to resign so it, there's there seems to me Stephen to be an acceptance of defeat now now if the club thought and the reason I say that is because we're in the January transfer window. It's just it's just ending tonight. If the club thought that we could be in a position to fight back for this league, then I would have liked to have seen some sort of almighty effort in January to bring in lots of reinforcements. Mm, as, yeah. as it stands just now, we're getting one in by the looks of it. So to me, across the board, it looks like defeat has been admitted and we've got a defeatist manager and the players as well. Some of the performances against St Mirren were just abysmal you said there about the board uh, continuing to back him and just wheeling him out for press conferences that first part isn't even happening anymore that used to happen that to, to our fury that happened several times this season they came out and you know tore up all the all the laws all the rules that we know happen in football they tore all that up ages ago and decided to buck all the trends and say this manager can turn it around even though we all knew they, he possibly couldn't or he couldn't possibly rather um, so they've stopped that they're not saying anything anymore the board because I know that to an extent they're not going to come out and continuously say despite the fact that we got it wrong previously we're going to continue to support the guy but one thing is for sure they have to stop bailing him out for press conferences because I said this weeks ago I said all that's going to happen is it's going to get worse he's going to get more and more ridiculed he's going to get more and more angry having to face questions perfectly valid questions about the, his future at the club and it, that doesn't suit anyone. This this has become. But do you not think say, this, is, this comes down to Celtic's PR as well, Stephen? Like the, the PR department, like every level of the club seems to be failing at the moment. The PR department is. There's a PR guy that, in effect, as far as I understand the way football PR works, stands in between the PR, the the, the press guys and Neil Lennon. Remember the famous Jim Trainer thing where he had the trainer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? But there's a guy like that at Celtic somewhere, who should be briefing these press guys, going, "Look, stop asking about his future." When, when we make a decision, we'll tell you. But to just wheel him out at these press conferences, like some sort of... What's that thing where they sit the clown above a, a, a big bucket of water <laughs> and bucket. you have to throw the ball and then you hit the target and the clown falls in the water? It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like some sort of cruel shooting gallery now. Watching Neil Lennon do these pre-match press conferences. We'll see on that. I've got something to say here and it's probably the harshest thing I've ever said about anyone in any podcast we've ever recorded. But it's right. a question... Where's his self-respect gone? I used to hear all the time that Neil Lennon is a winner. 
He's an absolute winner. He's not a winner now. He would be a winner if not for all the losing and drawing he did, which is absolutely frequent. But I used to hear about how you know, he's, he's, a, he's a proud man and all that. He's clinging on by his fingernails to a job that he doesn't deserve because he's a puppet for the board. That's not a winner. I, it's, I, it's time think... to have a bit of self-respect and a bit of professional integrity and stop. He At any point, he can bring a stop to this as well and say, I'm not doing this. I'm not going out for these press conferences. Or better yet, he could just step down. Because people are well within their rights to have an opinion on that, considering that's exactly what he said he would do or he, yeah. he would consider in October. So people are well within their rights to say he should have done that. But I, I, I look at him now and I think he, he cuts a, a pathetic figure. And I, I don't like saying that, but that, that, that's yeah. how he comes across. Now, that's, 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 if we're not careful here, that could be his legacy at the club. And he is fast becoming a almost universally loathed figure. It's, it's certainly with online fans, his approval rating could not be lower to this. And that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's sad. I, I never wanted this for Neil Lennon. I never wanted for people to think this of him. I never wanted for me to be talking about him in this manner. But this is how it's going. This is what happens if you let the, the situation get to this. Someone has to blink here and it's it's yeah. not going to be the fans. So what's the point in c- continuing this wall of pretense? That I know what he has to say that he's not going to He's not going to step down, but he only has to say that because of the ludicrous pantomime of pretense that this apology for a big football club has put up in the last few months, and it's embarrassing now. It's like I, I, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very difficult situation that Neil Lennon must find himself in just now, and he does look to me, Melly, to be a defeated guy. I, I, I would love to know what Neil Lennon's thought process is because there will have been a time when Neil Lennon thought he could turn this around, but okay. going by. Going by what he said just after the match, um, the St Mirren game, I, I'm not. I, I think he's relinquished that responsibility somewhat. In his pre-match press conference today, he was asked, "Are you giving the players the hairdryer? What are you doing to, what are you doing to g the players up? Are you?" Someone even asked, "Are you pointing out to them how poor they've been recently? One win in six to, in order to motivate them." And Neil Lennon sort of sniggered and went, "Why would I point that out to them? They know how bad they've been." But he kept coming back to this thing: they've got to have some professional pride. The players have got to have some professional pride and to me as much as that is well to to me as much as that's true that the players do have to have professional pride and they do carry the can for some of their performances when you see a manager whose only tactic now is hoping the players can pull themselves out of the mess it's it's all becoming a bit sad really yeah oh it's beyond sad it's it's terrible and he's in this situation i've felt sorry for him i felt he's had to take they should have been taken out of it, but now I, I can't. I'm struggling to feel sorry for the guy just with the stuff he says. I, I struggle to listen to him because it's mostly like just nonsense coming out of his mouth again, just flaming the players. What good's that? Yes, the players have been bad, but he's been terrible again at the weekend. All his decisions, the decision making was terrible. His tactics didn't work, he didn't change it. His substitutions didn't work, they were all terrible. Weird again, everything he's doing, none of it is working. So what is the guy managing right now? That's his job is to manage this and he's simply not doing it. So I don't see the point in continuing it because as we've seen in October, November, December and now January, it is getting worse. We are getting beat off SPFL fodder and nobody fears us. We've got a lot of games to go. We've got two games against our biggest rivals to come. There's no way we're going to get a result with him in charge. We've got the t- the top six split, which 
If Aberdeen or Hibs had anything about them, we'd be in a struggle for second place right now. We would be in a yeah. struggle to finish second. We're just lucky that the SPFL is really poor this year and teams are having to sell players because of what's happened with COVID. Because if not, Celtic would be struggling even more and that is a sad state of affairs for the, the nine-in-a-row champions. Here's my worry. Um, I've been thinking a lot recently, and I know as three have been talking about it in the group chat about you know whether and this is how bad it's got. And this is what happens, I suppose, when a, a failing manager sticks about for so long. I've 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 been thinking to myself, you know, how good a manager is Neil Lennon? You know, is I thought well, he must have he must have some quality because he won basically everything there was to win whilst he was here up until this season, right? So there's there's two schools I thought that I'm dealing with at the moment. One, Neil Lennon is a good manager to the point where as soon as things went wrong this season and started to go wrong, right? And all these, when I say go wrong, not all these things that went wrong are entirely his doing. You know, some of them are legacy issues. Some of them are players that should be sold that weren't at the board kept. Some of it is COVID and all that. But uh, as these things arose, maybe Neil Lennon's skill set stopped short of having solutions to these things that came up. Yeah. Yeah. best case scenario that's the best case scenario Neil Lennon is a good football manager but with the problems that were thrown at him this season his skill set just drops short of being able to make a team work on the face of that there is another scenario that you could paint though Stephen and so far as maybe the way football teams and football managers work is that Brendan Rodgers legacy Neil Lennon could keep that plate spinning through last season and it was the quality of the team and the, the the hangover from Brendan Rodgers' management that carried us through last season, but yeah. that just ran out of gas this season. Yeah. And when it came came for Neil Lennon to take over in the driving seat, he just didn't have the ability to do it. Well, as much as I'm saying some very harsh things tonight, what I would I would expand on that analogy of the spinning plate in that maybe the the plate was about to fall off that that pole when Lennon found it, and not only did they get it go again, he sped it up a wee bit, but briefly, yeah. briefly, it's mm. Lennon appears to me, maybe it's an overly simplistic way of looking at things, but Lennon appears to me to be an impact manager. He can come in like a... Sam Allardyce. Yes, <laughs> like a Sam Allardyce. No, like a like a, like a force of nature. He can come into a club and everything can get swept up in the the roller coaster that is Neil Lennon. He's, he's very strong on motivation. That's what we hear from players. We tend to focus on the things that players say very often about him and that he's not big on tactics, he's not big on shape. But also the other side of that is that players are often very complimentary about his man management and his ability yeah. to, to motivate his teams. Right, Joe Ledley said that very recently. I think Marvin Bartley, who played under him at Hibs, said something very similar. So Neil Lennon was able to do that. But it's gone now. That has totally waned. That impact, whatever it once was, is totally gone. And he doesn't know how to reverse it. And this constant, well, the players will eventually bail me out. That, that hasn't worked as well. That I feel ridiculous now saying it, but it's something we've been saying for months as well. Months. That this, just the players will bail me out eventually. We kind of really have that both ways as well. We kind of really be like, well, Neil Lennon won this. He won all these trophies. But then as soon as it goes wrong, aye, it's the players. Neil Lennon's still a good manager. That's a kind of yeah. tricky balance to to have, but I don't there's, think he's... There's an, no shame right. in it though, is there, mate? No. Because, because every manager's un- influence wanes. Every yeah. manager's influence yes. Look, yes, it does. Part of being a manager these days is to get the best out of your players. That's what Stephen said, motivate them. And Neil Lennon's simply not doing that because these guys aren't performing as they have been before. There's a lot of chat about players regressing, but 
players aren't even regressing anymore. It's just they're simply not basically just going through the motions. Now, part of being a manager is we've heard this season that Barkas has failed to settle that a Yeti not fit Lee Griffiths. This is Neil Lennon's job is to get into the heads of these guys. This is what he's meant to do and find he's meant to get into their psyche there, find the psychology that makes these guys tick. And he's mm. not he's not doing even the, the things that we're told or like he's eye for a player, motivates them, all the things you expect off Neil Lennon. You don't expect a Neil Lennon team to be so meek, but that was mm. utterly pathetic at the weekend. That was worse than anything I've seen under Dyla, Mowbray, Barnes. There was nothing left in that team. And if the guy at the sidelines' main attributes are meant to be to get the best out of players, he's not doing that. He's not had the tactical side. He's not doing the motivational side. He should be able to get into the minds of those players, figure out what they need to motivate themselves, whether it's a boot up the arse, whether it's an arm round the shoulder. But he's flinging them down the river, every single one of them, and it's not working anymore. So it had to stop months ago, and it's not. So what is the... There's no point in keeping this going because, as we've seen, whether Neil Lennon's a good manager or not, the, the evidence right now is he's not. The, the the match itself, let's talk about that for a bit. The match itself, as you said, Melly, the, the performance was really poor. The, the approach to the game was really poor. The fact that St Mirren more or less went man for man for us and, and just played up against us, as you said, they weren't scared of us, they weren't no. worried about us. I thought Callum McGregor's post-match comments were really telling. Um, he was saying, you know, look at the first goal, it's defensive, I, I th- he didn't say mishap, but he said something along those lines anyway. He says, we missed the first tackle, we're in total disarray, we can't organise ourselves, and then the ball's in the back of the net. And, you know, we need to bring this guy's name up again, but when you watch that first goal, you could overlay Callum McGregor's post-match comments as commentary on yeah. what Shane Duffy was doing. Shane Duffy comes out, misses the first tackle, that, that sends that one thing, sends the defence into total disarray, Greg Taylor picks up the boy that eventually scores, but he's about a yard off him anyway. Shane Duffy doesn't prevent the cross. An easy ball into the guy and he sticks it in the back of the net. The simplest goal you'll ever see. And it's Shane Duffy culpable again. And I am honestly amazed that we're in a transfer window. And no harm to the guy, right? Again, not personal, but I just want to know, what are you still doing here? Yeah, why, is Shane, why is Shane Duffy still... He, even Shane Duffy must think to himself... I'm better off just take myself at the firing line here and going down the road. That's Maybe not really the- how it works with a deal, but Celtic signed this guy on loan for the, the season. They're, they're paying his wages. They can't just go down to Brighton and say, here, this hasn't worked out. Do you want to sub his wages for the rest of the season or take him back? Of course they won't. It's like us having to take Bowling Goalie back. We wouldn't take him back. It's like, no, you signed this deal. It's your, it's your responsibility now. So it's kind of you break, you buy type deal. Is that what you're saying, Nelly? <laughs> that, that's how these deals work. You sign the deal, you give Neil Lennon a contract, you have to get him out of it. Celtic won't. So why should we just get rid of Shane Duffy's on a massive wage? Why would Brighton want that back when they're not going to play him? Well, but, I mean, I just from Shane Duffy's point of view, I thought maybe he would have put in a transfer request to go back to his original club. It's yeah, the same as Lennon, but why is Lennon not left if this isn't working out? Well, maybe you're right. Maybe these guys, maybe there are some guys, Stephen, in the in the in the squad that have got a bit of fight left in them. I mean, it's but it's it's every week with Shane Duffy. It's every single week. It's it, it's a game with Lennon, but why he keeps keep playing him? Him and Beaton isn't working, but he just keeps playing him every week. Yeah, uh, and I, I'm not really concerned with things like fight and all that anymore because you know, it's not worth an awful lot, is it? No, nah, it's it's not. If you if you've got no organisation and you're making the same mistakes over and over again, you can you can have all the fight and fire you want, but it's not it's not going to amount to anything. Shane Duffy has been absolutely atrocious, and, and I'm not just saying this for for the laws or for hyperbole here, but there's 
every argument to be made for him being pound for pound one of, if not the worst Celtic what? signing of my lifetime because, yes, Raphael Scheidt will always have the iconic name and the ridiculous mm. price tag that, that they paid for him five million you know, 20 years ago. He will always have the comedy value attached to his name because because he can't be called shite in Glasgow, let's face it. But at least he was found out and chased after four games or something like that. Shane Duffy will probably end up making 40 appearances for Celtic this season and that is absolutely staggering to me. He has been absolutely awful. Jamie, you tweet, tweeted the other day that a reminder that we went out and got ourselves a big, hard, no-nonsense defender from whom we have had exclusively nonsense. And That's that, all he's given us. It's 100% nonsense we've had out all of this no-nonsense Shane defender. Duffy since the minute he walked in the door was his, his fucking shenanigans. <laughs> But all I've had for the guy since Aye. he pulled on a Celtic strip is nothing but shenanigans. Aye. So, um, it's 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 one of these ones where you're like Melly says he keeps picking them, and you know people are screaming for for Stephen Welsh to get a game, and usually I usually I go by the theory that if player A in the squad is playing terribly, and there's a player of a similar position called player B, and he's no getting a game, I think to myself. How bad must you be? Yeah, if you can't get in ahead of Shane Duffy, then how bad must you be? But the, Neil Lennon's judgment for me at the moment is so flawed that I, I would would never judge Stephen Welsh on 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 how no. bad Shane Duffy is at the moment. I would never do it. Well, Shane Duffy's playing just now because conveniently I've sold our first choice right back in Jeremy Frimpong, who also was playing right wing up until a couple of weeks ago as well. So we, mm-hmm. we, need, we need to play Shane, Shane Duffy throughout this comical sequence of events but Shane Duffy I mean see for that second goal against St Mirren it's no exaggeration to say it see if somebody did that in your fives game right and I know I'm fond oh of like God. fives comparisons if somebody did that with you playing you'd piss yourself off and you would give them absolute pelters for it see by the time he puts that ball in the net is it Dermis right by the time he actually scores Shane Duffy is about 12 yards away from him so he started right on top of him but by the time he hits the strike Shane Duffy has left the scene altogether having been running away from the ball the entire time it is unfathomable go and watch it see the minute that or the second the ball leaves his boot and goes straight through Scott Bain as the ball does goes straight through the ball shaped hole in Scott Bain but I'm not blaming him for it because he should never have been put in that position look at where Shane Duffy is if you can find him on the screen because they started in the same position Some of the individual player performances outside of Shane Duffy worry me. Lee Griffiths was hooked at half-time and Neil Lennon was asked post-match, you know, are you disappointed with the contribution of the likes of Albina Yeti and some of the new guys that have come in that have not been able to break through and and Neil Lennon took this opportunity to single out Lee Griffiths and say, well, look at Lee Griffiths. You know, it's not just about the players that have have just walked in the door. And you think to yourself, you know, we shouldn't be in a position here where we're relying on Lee Griffiths. Lee Griffiths shouldn't be anywhere near a start of the living, but here we are relying yeah. on him. Ryan Christie's performance reeks of a guy that doesn't want to be here. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier on today and someone made the point and I went to look for it and it's true that at one point Ryan Christie launches a ball right over the bar from a shot and you can hear a shout of displeasure from the dugout mm. um, and Ryan Christie just turns around and gives the dugout a look as if to say, don't start on me. So Neil Lennon has got himself... It can he be Neil Lennon cannot be enjoying his time as Celtic manager at the moment. He seems to be have the walls closing in on all sides. The team's not performing. Um, there's no ability to move these players on that don't want to be here and get new ones in. He's sort of stuck, hamstrung, picking players that kind of don't want to play for him. By the looks of it, Stephen. Yeah, that, that, that's the 
that's the scenario we're in. But it, again, it's entirely of Celtic's own making. They failed to make decisions when the when the decisions could have could and should have been made. And now look what happens. This is again without wishing to sound smug about it, because that is far from the emotion I'm currently feeling. There's no there's no happiness or smugness here. It is abject misery. This is what happens when you just don't listen, when you stick your head in the sand and hope upon hope that uh, we'll get any a winnable run of games and then everybody will shut up. The shit munchers will shut up. There'll be no more protests. We'll start hammering Hamilton and that St Mirren. Their, their jobbers will gub them. If you keep your head down, fail to make decisions, this is what happens. The rot sets in and now it has permeated every single aspect of the club to the point where everyone's going through the motions. Neil Lennon's raging. He thinks he's going to be sacked, but then just seems to inexplicably receive backing from the board, privately probably, uh, because we're not getting it publicly anymore. The ghost train just keeps rolling. There's there's nothing happening and the the rot has set in. So I'm not entirely surprised the players just look as if they can't be bothered anymore. I'm sure they're not deliberately doing so. I'm sure that it's not a conscious decision to not want to win football games anymore. But again, the, it, but it has no, been managed this way. Yeah. They're not getting that extra yard. Here's, 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 here's a summary of what I think has happened, right? I think there was a decision to be made. I think at the beginning of the season, they thought, right, this is it, lads. Spend a lot of money, get some right good players in. We've got a good manager here. The league may or may not, but should take care of itself. <laughs> and then we can restructure in the background. So they begin that process of restructuring. You know, director of football, restructuring the football operations department, whatever you want to call it, new new scouts, all that carry on, right? Things start to go a wee bit awry. Um, and there's a, th- 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 there becomes a juncture where they need to make a decision. And they, the decision they make is to stick by Neil Lennon because they think, look, he's got games in hand. Rangers are not going to win all their games. They'll have an inevitable collapse. We'll go to Dubai. Everything will be absolutely rosy. Let's continue with this restructuring behind the scenes, right? And I think in the process of that restructuring and that planning and sticking by Neil Lennon, they're at a point now, at this moment, where they, they almost cannot replace the manager because... Who's going to take it? Who's going to carry this dead cat over the finish line <laughs> and be left holding it? I don't think there's a manager. I honestly don't know if there's a manager in the country that would do it, right? And the problem is you can't. Uh, but they're not going to. But uh, they're not going. There's no promise of future employment because you're in the middle of restructuring the football department. So you could go and get a manager when what you need is a head coach. And next season you're going to have a director of football. Not you don't know what the club's really going to look like next season. So I think if they sit down with. I don't know, pick any, Eddie Howe, any manager, doesn't matter. Right, we need you to nurse this over the line for us. Okay, well, I'm only taking on this shit sandwich if I'm going to get a pop at it next season. Well, we don't really know what's happening next season. And I just think it's the perfect storm. They, and, and it probably could have been solved, it would have been solved by making the decision to sack Neil Lennon months ago. But they made their bed and now they're lying in it. The problem with that is it's become so toxic with Neil Lennon there that Honestly, having nobody there would be better. Just give it to Kennedy and Strachan to the end of the season. Promote Darno D and Stephen McManus. They talk sense on the past to paradise. There is no sense in having Neil Lennon there because there's not one aspect of his job he's doing right. Terrible in press conferences, terrible at tactics. I mean, coming out at half-time, 2-1 down to St Mirren, made two changes. Terrible, terrible substitutions. There was absolutely nothing from that team in the second half. What did we have... 
the meek shot from Mikey Johnson that was powder puff for the keeper and a Shane Duffy header in the last minute because he was up front again. Apart from that, we never created any chances against St Mirren who only got into the top six in this. So what is the point in keeping this guy around? Because he's not popular with the fans and he's not popular with the players. If he's flaming Lee Griffiths, one of the guys that the only reason he's still playing football is because Neil Lennon picks him, where's he going to get any friends now from any of the players? There's... There's players out there that are so badly underperforming, it's unbelievable. It, something just has to change. The Peter Law news gave you 24 hours, but then you forget, we've got a terrible manager. We've got a terrible manager. The players are all the same. What's going to change? Because we're seeing every week now, it could get worse, and it's going to get yeah, I mean, worse if he stays in charge. So what's the point in them being there? As far as I'm concerned, we're definitely in a fight for second place, Stephen. Yeah, there was no doubt about it. I think it's there's a guy on Twitter. Uh, forgive me if I've I've misremembered his name. Tony McLaughlin, I think, is who's been putting some stats out there. So he's been crunching some numbers and putting his data out to people, and he's he's been sending us some tweets, and he's he's done some some work on Celtic versus you know the top six teams, and we're something like third or fourth in the table if you only yeah. take into account the games against the, the your top six rivals. Bear in mind the the structure in Scotland is that we need to play all of those teams for the last five, five games of the season. There's every chance we could drop points in most, if not all, of those games going on current trends. See if you actually look at this season. Celtic haven't beaten anybody half decent since about September. Now I'll take Lille aside. I, I praise the Lille performance because you know, I, just because what's happened since it doesn't change my mind on that. It was a really good performance, but it came with its own you know particular set of circumstances. It was right. kind of a yeah, a European dead robber and all that. It was still a good performance, so and they did beat them. Other than that, Hibs in September, I think, is just about the only other okay team that Celtic have actually beaten. There was Aberdeen in there as well, but they always beat Aberdeen. Aberdeen never put up a fight against Celtic. But other than that, it's just a string of draws, losses, and then you beat Hamilton Ackies a couple of times, Ross County. These are the teams that Celtic beat now. So unless they change that completely then it is a fight for second as Melly said earlier on we're just lucky that neither of these teams have anything about them or have enough about them to actually put up a challenge to Celtic and that's what what kind of legacy what kind of precedent is that to set as well at Celtic we, we had the discussion that that this is a dangerous precedent to have creep into the club that we can accept this level of failure because Presumably, a new manager that comes in isn't he going to get this. Isn't he going to get this next season? See if you perform like this, he, he has every right to say, "Well, hold on, the guy, the previous guy, wasn't he under any pressure whatsoever to win football games?" Mm. So, th- there is that. See, see, as far as bef- before that, we move on from it as well. Melly's saying just get rid of Lennon, go with some coaches. I, I completely agree. Completely agree with it. We don't need a manager. We don't need to go to Eddie Howe and say we'll just carry us no. to the end of the season. Everything's gone, but because you can't say. Neil Lennon is the guy to turn this around. He's the guy to lead us on to success. And then when that doesn't happen, say, Neil Lennon is the guy to lead us to second. Oh, no, hold on a minute. You've changed the, the objectives of this season without changing the mm. manager. You don't get that. You had a, you had one shot at it and you must make a change. If I was to ask Neil Lennon what he thinks of jettisoning a, a failing negative influence in a manager towards the end of the season, what do you think he would say? Oh, don't for, do it? For sure. Yeah. Would they say don't do it because that's not a good idea? No, he absolutely powered Ronnie Dyla when he's in charge, didn't he? Yeah, well, he got the job under those exact circumstances. They had to get rid of Tony Mowbray and put Neil Lennon in, in charge for the rest of the season. So here we are full circle, we're having to get rid of Neil Lennon. Don't need a manager to come in, just give it to John Kennedy. I'm not particularly keen on him getting the job full time, but 
Yeah. It would be better than this because you need to lift this fog. And I feel like I'm saying that every week now. You have to lift this dark cloud that has fallen over the club. And it starts with, we, we talked about the culture. Lowell's going. You get rid of Lennon and any of the players who have contributed to this. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, the user is at Tony underscore McLaughlin who tweeted us in to tell us that you know against top six sides only Celtic would be third having played 11 games on 14 points worryingly though Aberdeen are second having played a game less um, <laughs> Rangers have got Rangers have got 32 points having played 14 games Celtic are really 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 toiling here um, fans were promised a review now, John Paul Taylor, the Celtic fan liaison officer on Twitter, has gone to great lengths to say that he's impressing upon the club that, that you know that, that the fans were promised a review and they should get it. Um, I wonder if the midweek news that Peter Law was stepping down, although that was already pre-planned, it was announced this week, was maybe designed to be in lieu of a review or to release some pressure. It seems that the Celtic board are making decisions, PR decisions, on the week to week basis. So oh, to yeah. me what that read what that read does, we'll announce Peter Law was going, we won against Hamilton, we win the next game, and then that'll placate fans. Yeah. And then Neil Lennon goes and loses the next game and all of a sudden nobody really cares the fact that Peter Law's going anymore. Yeah. Um the new guy coming in, Dominic Mackay from Scottish Rugby, we covered, we reacted, as the kids say, on a on a special podcast on the Patreon to the news that Peter Law was stepping down. I think Melly 
Peter Long stepping down is is the right thing. Um, yeah. Stepping down at the end of the season, you know, as much as people want him to go, these things take time. You want a proper handover. Um, Dominic Mackay apparently has been is, a, is, a, is Celtic mad. He's I've been telling people I was listening to another podcast with a journalist that worked closely through the rugby with Mr Mackay. Check me out, ingratiate myself with you, man. Oh. <laughs> Jesus, that. Trying to get that. He's, that. he's a really good selling man, is he? Well, is, you know what? Things are going to change a bit here when Mr. McKay comes in. We're going to get staunch. We're going to, <laughs> we're going to call him Mr. Smith and do all that kind of I have no idea where that Mr. McKay came from. The guy must have said that in the podcast. Jesus, that's embarrassing. Don't edit that out, though. Um, so they were talking about Dominic McKay and they were saying, look, he's been saying for years that the, the only job he wants is the Celtic chief executive job. Now, as far as I understand it, his role is going to be somewhat different to, to Peter Lowell's it's not going to be the overarching control of absolutely everything um, Peter Lowell's obviously come from an accountancy background um, Dominic Mackay comes from communications mm. um, and, all, and, all, and that sort of background so there's a difference there but he definitely comes from sport and not the world of business which I think is a positive the only concern I've got at the moment kind of is I wonder if Peter Lowell was going to leave some rubbish for Dominic Mackay to put out <laughs> um, figuratively speaking and maybe leave the job of replacing the manager to the new guy under some sort of pretense of false loyalty. Um, I, I personally think a decision needs to be made on Neil Lennon's future before then. And it's yeah. gotten to the point now, boys, where I know you two say you just sack him and, you know, yep. it can't be any worse. And, you know, I, I could probably subscribe to that. But even if the club came out now and said, OK, here's the review. The review is we're going to have a full overhaul of the football department in the summer. Um, Dominic Mackay is going to oversee that as the new chief executive um, we will also review the manager's position but Neil Lennon will stay in place until the end of the season to guide the club through this league and then either it's admitted that he's going to go and wrap up when I think that's inevitable I think he has to or at least it'll be strongly hinted that he has yeah. to go but one thing Stephen that can't continue full stop end of conversation cannot continue is this radio silence no, absolutely not. And yeah, it's something we've we've mentioned a couple of times tonight. The the fact they've they've stopped even backing the manager, they're just hanging him out to dry now, which I have sympathy for him over, but at the same time that sympathy only goes so far when it comes to his own conduct and what I think he should do as well, and and that's basically step down. I feel like right now, if they announced that Lennon was going at the end of the season, it's not good enough for me, no. to to be honest. It, to this pish about guiding is guiding us to what? Mate, that was my phrase. They didn't right, use that. You're no, insulting but, my terminology. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm no, just trying to presume what they might say. You're right, though. You have embodied the the statement <laughs> very well. That. Right? <laughs> that is the, exactly the kind of thing they would say. The, the steer is on. He deserves a chance to... Nah, fuck off. Whatever. I don't know, right? It's not good enough. It, it has to have gone, I know. And sending them out there to be in outright defiance of everyone just to make everyone angry between now and the end of the season is ridiculous. And once again, I call into question exactly what his position is in all this. If they announce that they're going to restructure the club when he's been talking about how they don't need to restructure because the board are brilliant, how is he getting to sit there and witness his own demise? Why is it, why does he need to be there for the next four months to, to watch Celtic rebuild the place around about him due to the, the poor job that he's done this season? That's ridiculous. Again. He did say he was looking forward to the rebuild. Those comments came out <laughs> midweek. He says it would be an exciting opportunity for him. In fairness, I think those comments were made before the St Mirren game, but just a yeah. quirk of the way that 
some sort of press stories work they were embargoed until after the game which which incidentally makes a mockery of that whole thing in this day and age you know in in this day and age of the internet um, which some newspapers clearly haven't heard of Um, Melly did you catch Scott Brown's comments about Mr Lol since we're using misters here yeah it was pathetic really wanting a statue built what was it no statues of businessmen outside Celtic Park because that's (laughs) to be honest it's weird Imagine yeah, you bring yeah. a imagine you bring a, a imagine you bring a tourist up to Celtic Park and you go, <laughs> "This is Celtic's greatest ever manager. This is Celtic's greatest ever player. This is Celtic's greatest ever captain. Uh, this is an accountant that looked after the club between the years of two thousand and three and two thousand and twenty one. He, he achieved record turnovers. You know, like what? What? what, what, what picture this? Weird. This is what I would okay. like to see for a Lowell statue, right? Him standing there. But we're holding a balance sheet right in his right mm. hand and pointing to it with his left. But the balance sheet is like comically wrong, so it rolls down all the way to the bottom of the statue, all the way, and the all the way, the way. all the way down the Celtic way, high and at the bottom. And he's really says, small, <laughs> like a really small one, like a tiny wee statue holding this aye. balance sheet that runs all the way down. Do you know That's what the, a wall. The kicker for it will be but what? Be a heated statue. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel the need to discuss more about Peter Law's legacy as Celtic chief executive and go into all the ups and downs and turnovers and things he's achieved. But frankly, this is the price you pay, Mister Law, uh, when the manager goes and gets pumped by Saint Mirren. You don't get you don't get your legacy discussed on our yeah. podcast. I'm afraid. Um, if you want us doing a bit of more of a deep dive into the Peter Law announcement, as I discussed, there is a a reaction podcast available on patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims. Go and check that out. Uh, Peter Law has got a couple of things to do just before he clears his desk and gets out. There is a transfer window. Look, one thing Peter Law was good at, one thing, one of his strengths, as I said, was balance sheets. And uh, fair play to him because that was something a cheddar we got for Jeremy Frimpong. Mm. I was initially, I was initially disappointed when I saw we'd accepted an offer for Jeremy Frimpong and he was on his way out of the club. Wasn't so disappointed when I saw it was eleven and a half million pound though, because that is a lot of cheddar for a player who's still got a bit of development to do. Admittedly, yep. we've probably not seen the best of Jeremy Frimpong. Um, he was reaching that kind of two-year cycle come the summer, so you would have maybe expected a new contract or him to move on in the next window. But even with all those things being true, I don't think there was much guarantee that even had we developed him for the next six months or eighteen months that we would have got anywhere near that money for him anyway. So I think, in retrospect, that's a good deal all round. Uh, I'm a bit torn with this because, as you say, usually when players go, it's like the belly tyranny, that sort of thing, and we have seen the best of them. With Frimpong, I don't think we're anywhere near that. The guy came in last year and you loved watching him play, the enthusiasm, just his desire. He was taking on players and you thought, we've got a real prospect here. And we just haven't seen it at all this year. It's been shocking the way that he's... I suppose you can say he's regressed because he's not playing as well as he did last year consistently. So we haven't seen the best of him. And I think it, the fact that Celtic have got such a re- big rebuild to do in the summer, you were sort of relying on Frimpong to be here next year. So you're thinking that's, that's a, just another position we need, to, we need to sort out. But I'm disappointed because I think he was a good player. We didn't get to see the best of him. I think with better management, better coaching, we could have seen a really good player. And... We didn't get to see him in Europe. We were in the Europa League this year. He didn't get to play in it last year because he wasn't registered and Celtic were ripped apart. I want to see guys like that play in the Europa League and I can see why he left. I completely understand that he's going to a team with a manager. You send a wee bit hurt, Melly. You send a wee bit hurt there by, by Frimpong leaving. I am. Well, I am because I just feel that it's what, not one of those ones where you can go or look back and go, do you know what? We got the best of him. With everything that happened this season... 
it's just one of those ones that oh, I frimpong's away, but it just doesn't feel like we got to see everything we should have. Now he's going to a team that's third in the Bundesliga. They've got a manager Peter Bosch who has been at Ajax. Dortmund and now he's at Leverkusen all teams that get players develop them and sell them on so he's going to a very good team he could get into the Champions League guaranteed if they stay where they are now so I can see why he's left but I'd like to have seen him go do you know what I've done it all at Celtic I've conquered it all I need to move on from my career but the worrying thing is we're not even getting that two or three years out of these guys anymore mm. he's just went and if Celtic had been good this year good in Europe with a good manager could we have got more money down the line for him could we have seen more of Jeremy Frimpong time will tell mm. I mean I, 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 given given the current situation you know I, I think I think it's decent money Stephen there's, there's talk that John Joe Kenny's coming in to replace Frimpong I'll get your thoughts on Frimpong and that transfer though because uh, there's a lot of sentiment sentiment being that people are saying you know Oh, John Joe Kenny, good player, coming in for six months on a loan, what's the point? You know, there's a lot of what's the point type sentiment about bringing players in at the moment. And I kind of think to myself, well, what's the point is we've sold a right back and we need one. Um, there's a battle for second place on potentially. We still need to improve. We still need to improve the team. It seems to me that selling Jeremy Frimpong for a living between 10 and 12 million pounds, whatever source you want to listen to, and bringing a guy in on loan for six months with a view to letting a new manager pick his own right back in the summer, that seems like a pretty sensible thing to do. Aye, yeah, I, I suppose it does on the surface of things. It, it seems to have been one of these transfers that is simultaneously absolutely essential and completely pointless. It, it manages to be both of those things at the same time. But um, aye, if, it's just, if it really is just another very, very brief loan to get us to the summer, then I don't, I don't have an issue with it. It's just... It's yet another kicking of the can down the street is the only thing. Like we're going to have an awful lot of loan players and players who need to be sold and players who are out of contract in the summer. We've just added to that. Not really done anything uh, more long term, but I suppose we'll just need to wait and see how that happens. On Frimpong, I do I, I, I agree with the overall feeling that it is a bit of a disappointment because you know he came in and looked for all the world like an absolute star. At Celtic, at first they looked absolutely brilliant. The absolute nerve of Neil Lennon to take credit for developing them to the point where he got a transfer load. The nerve, because this is the timeline of yeah, yeah, he did yeah. yeah, he was disappointed that he wanted to go because of all the work that the all, the all the development that Neil Lennon and his coaches had done. This is the timeline of Jeremy Frimpong. He came in, probably looked a bit like a, one of these kind of project signings, right? If you remember correctly. He was so good that they fast-tracked him to the first team. He got mm -hmm. man of the match in about five of the first eight appearances he made for Celtic. Absolutely flying, looked like a star. Now he's, he's out the back door looking pretty crap because he was yeah. played out of position for most of this season. So what the you're saying is if you're going to take developed, credit for developing him, then you also need to take credit for the downturn in performance <laughs> the following season. Oh boy, you do. Yeah, yeah absolutely do. Because this, he was better than they thought he was. Never mind developing him. They bought him in and thought, oh, this guy's actually really good. We better play him. Development, behave yourself. This is how I'm going to choose to remember Jeremy Frimpong, though. I like that to think of him. Final. Oh, definitely, dear. That, that was that was very, yeah, very enjoyable as a fan to see the the passion written on his face and his wee catchphrase and everything that became part of the part of the lexicon around here. Uh, oh my days. Kind of worth in eventually, but it was good back then. <laughs> Look, they stuck it on a t shirt and they made a bit of <laughs> exactly. it, so that's okay. But this is how I'm going to choose to remember him. I, I like to think of him enjoying himself on his first lad's holiday to Dubai, getting pished with the team. <laughs> <laughs> he's 18 to 30. Uh, Shane Duffy buys him his first ever Jaeger bomb, goes absolutely nuts, telling everybody that he loves them towards the end of the night. 
after training, going down a big water slide in Dubai, coming out the head of a big dinosaur or something like that into the pool. That, that's how I'm going to choose to remember Jeremy Frimpong's Did last... Did this happen? No. No. Just... <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm going to choose to imagine Jeremy Frimpong's last couple of months oh, no. as a Celtic player. You're going to... Okay, so you're going to imagine Jeremy Frimpong <laughs> shooting at the bottom of a flume, having yeah. the time his life in Dubai with the lads. <laughs> uh, another player that's on his way out as we're completing this transfer roundup is in Cham. Here's the noise I'm making here that Levine Cham's on his way out of the club. Poor. Um, Neil Lennon said in his interview this uh, this afternoon, his press conference, that Cham has been talking about leaving the club for two seasons now. <laughs> yeah, um, no Yeah, and Cham's wanted to go for a while. We all know Cham's wanted to go. The portal move fell through. He's away at Olympic Marseille on loan um, uh, with an option to buy at 4.5 million euros. I kind of hope it's an obligation to buy rather than just an option because... Sounds it. They, they, they should just take him. He's not really applied himself uh, in the ways that we want to see Olivia and Chamin. And I, you know how there's that Twitter account? I'm not even going to name it. There's a Twitter account out there, um, which I think at the moment is doing a great job of faking to be Neil Lennon. Right. <laughs> but people think it's a Neil Lennon burner account. But I think right. it's someone pretending to be a Neil Lennon burner account. However, that 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 Twitter account made a, a reasonable point with regards to Cham, and it was. Eleven Cham leaves after three and a half years, not having improved much on the player that arrived. Uh, and then it went on to say some other stuff, but I'm not mm. going to publicise the, the Twitter account too much. But I, I thought to myself, do you know what? That sounds about right to me. Uh, the, Cham seemed like a guy that had a lot mm. of potential bubbling under the surface, <clears throat> but I don't think we really saw an awful lot of it. We will always have Rome, Olivier. We will always have Rome. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I don't think that's a player that really hit the heights that we were maybe expecting of him. No, I think you're right on that. I, th- I think there is a good player in Cham. I try to defend him a lot, but at the end of the day, if he's not wanting to be there, he's not putting in the work, he has to go. But again, it's another guy, like better manager, better coach. How much better did he look under Brendan Rodgers? We spoke about it recently, about the, the 1-0 game at Celtic Park where we beat Rangers. The guy was absolutely phenomenal away at Anderlecht. That ball he puts through for Tierney to cross for Griffiths. I think there could have been a player with better coaching, better management. His performances have just dropped off a cliff since Lennon came in and that might sound harsh, but we're seeing now Neil Lennon's not improving a lot of players and it's just another guy that, yes, you can say, I ah, just get rid of and Cham, but we're not going to replace him. It's another player we're not going to replace and down the line, we're losing quality from the team. I get what you're saying about the better manager thing about in in Cham and Frimpong and, you know, we need to maybe not relinquish all responsibility away for the players here a wee bit. You know, all the facilities exist at Celtic to succeed and, you know, Neil Lennon might not be as good a manager as Brendan Rodgers or whatever it is, but at the end of the day, we've barely seen Olivier and Cham in, in two and a bit years and he's no Fits and starts, uh, he's no it? really applied himself I, if Olivier and Cham really truly wanted to make the breakthrough and want to make himself a better player um, he would be in that team but I just uh, it's it's definitely a bit of both but I don't think that you know with Cham we've got a Luka Modric there if only there was a better manager in place <laughs> yeah, maybe not. do you know what I'm doing in my mind mm. Brendo I'm thinking back to, remember when Chris Boyd was ridiculed for saying he knew for a fact that Olivia and Cham wanted to go? I'm kind of working back the calendar on that one because how long was it Neil Lennon said he's been talking about going? No, but I think, I think people... He signed a new deal. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and I, yeah, yeah. I think the thing that people took issue with with Chris Boyd was not he, he didn't say only and Cham wanted to go, did he not say, and he's, there's factions in the dressing room. Yeah, I think yeah, he made, a, I think yeah, he made claims right. that, you know, and Cham was a bit of a troublemaker at that point. It, just on... And Cham and Frimpong going. I think maybe 
See, with the Frimpong thing, there's been players over the years like Kayal, Izagiri, probably in Cham, where a deal, an offer comes in and you probably should should have taken it, like Craig Gordon as well. Just take that offer. It's a good offer. Take the money. But with Celtic, of course, they don't replace them. Maybe that's why they've went with this with Frimpong. But I was having a think today of players we've lost in the last three seasons and players we brought in to replace them uh, under Neil Lennon. So... Humour me okay. here, right? I'm going to give you two teams. They're down to 10 men, okay? There's been a wee fight in the tunnel before the game. They come out with 10 men, right? Here's the one we players who have left recently at Celtic. So we've got Forster, Frimpong, Lustig, Boyata, Tierney, Incham, Armstrong, Roberts, Sinclair, and Dembele. Any, any problems in that team? All good, good enough, players? Right? Uh, for, uh, is yeah, it? solid. Yeah. Yep, so here's the replacements that have come in. Barkas, Ilhamid, Julian, Duffy, Taylor, Soro, Turnbull, Klamala, Ayeti, and Moy. How's that team <laughs> yeah. for you? I mean, uh, there's no doubt that there's been there's <laughs> been some downgrading in transfers. There's absolutely no doubt there's been some downgrading in transfers. I see Celtic missed out on Ben Davies in the transfer window there. Um, yeah. At first, I was furious about this. I was like, I was like, I was. May, at first, I was furious, Melly. I was like, mere shenanigans here. But the more you think about it, that's just the guy's agent doing his job, isn't it? You've got an, you've got an offer oh, here for Celtic. No. You've gotten to the end of the week to sign it. See if you're Ben Davies. Why would you sign it? Why would you, I mean, why, you, the, the agent's there to drum up interest uh, and try and get you a better deal. No, and yeah. you just wait it out and see what happens. For I all we know, there could have been something in the wind. You know, a third party got in touch with his agent and says, oh, I hear Liverpool are maybe looking to draft in somebody, the, the, the final bit of business, and his agent's went, look... There's maybe a chance this Liverpool thing can come to fruition, just hold your horses a wee bit. So I'm not going to drill down at the club too much. We were gazumped by the European champions. Oh, so he, he traded the chance to win the 10 <laughs> in order to sit on the bench at EPL fodder. We're a Liverpool in the league anyway. Pathetic. No, the top probably, I'm not sure. It's, uh, <laughs> They're pretty good. Uh, and also, I think what Neil Lennon said that the, the contract might be lucrative for him, which I suspect is probably right. He's probably <laughs> coming up here for somewhere in the region of 14 grand a week. And the conversations at Liverpool don't start at 14 grand a week. They probably start at around 40 <laughs> no. grand a week. So he's probably getting something right. ridiculous, like nine or ten times his wage he's currently on. I think with this one, it's... Look, I'm happy to stick the boot in the Celtic right now because they deserve all they get because they're an absolute shambles. But on this one, as you said, the guy's agent wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't say, look, there's a week left in the transfer window. Somebody could come in. I don't for a second think they imagined Liverpool coming in. I think they had Bournemouth ourselves and another team, I can't remember who, come in for them. So well, they, from they, they, point, they may have been thinking like, what if a Crystal Palace or something comes yeah. in? Like, even if we give them that. So yeah. Imagine you're Ben Davies. So, I know we're all Celtic fans, but imagine you're Ben Davies and you've you've just signed the contract for Celtic, and then your agents just put it in the fax machine and hit send. And as the papers <laughs> disappear into the fax machine, right, to give it back to Celtic to make the deal official, Jurgen Klopp phones and goes, "Mate, you can't, he's trying to pull it out the fax machine. No, cancel, 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 cancel." <laughs> escape, escape, control, alt, delete. Uh, Through just unplugging it out the wall like that. Too late. You're a, you're a Celtic I can understand player, why. I can understand why people are annoyed at Celtic because again, it looks like we're not getting the deal done. But as I say, his agent would be saying, "Just hold it out. We've got that deal there, verbal agreement, but something could come up." And if you're Preston as well, people say, "Why don't we just go and pay the two million for him?" Preston are like six points off the playoff position. It'd make more sense for them to hold on to him at the end of the season rather mm. than try and go out a replacement. So I can understand why. I think he's a 
probably would have been a good player. I don't think he'll play for Liverpool, but a left-sided centre-half, he sounded ideal. But again, you're looking at Celtic. Neil Lennon, is you going to be the manager next year, the chairman's away, or will I just go and play for Jurgen Klopp? I think I'll go and play I mean, for Jurgen fair, Klopp. everyone's going to go and play for Jurgen Klopp. thing is, Alex Neil doing a yeah. no-bad job at Preston. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Jürgen yeah. Klopp or the Logan Flop? What's your choice? <laughs> Look, that's all I'm saying. Here's my one here's my one and only mild concern with this deal. And it's not even specifically this deal. I, I said to you last night, it's like, right, this is fine, right? That is a pretty special circumstance that would lead a guy to sign for Liverpool at the last minute, right? That, that doesn't happen often. But what I would keep an eye on from Celtic's point of view is that we are supposed to be the club that gets there before Liverpool. Do you know what yeah. I mean? We're supposed to find these players before they go to Liverpool. And, and yeah, I'm not talking about just this transfer specifically, but though I've been making a habit of that, we unearth players only for the big clubs to come in and swoop in and get them anyway before they've even joined Celtic, because if they come off that ladder, that's, or, a, that's a difficult place to or, be. Or Peter Law might say, hey, look, our scouts are working. We're scouting the same players and finding the same targets that <laughs> Liverpool are finding. I, th- I think this was a bit of a unique scenario insofar as I think Liverpool are yeah. actually screaming out for defensive backups. And I think under normal nah, circumstances... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with COVID as well and all that... It's yeah, I think under normal circumstances, Ben Davies would not be signing for Liverpool, but he's available and he's a semi-decent player and they're just going to bring him in. He obviously takes yeah. a couple of boxes for them. Uh, Neil Lennon also said that there has been no interest at all in Odson Edward during this window. So I think we can say with uh, reasonable certainty that by the time the window closes, Odson Edward will still be at the club. And on that bombshell... We shall turn to our competition. Regular listeners will know that if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict, we will pick our favourite each week and send you a gold badge. Now, the gold badges have been going out. You will have seen if you follow us on Twitter that people were, were retweeting the people who send the gold badges to. We just don't always get an opportunity to pick a winner live on air. But that's exactly what Stephen has done. Stephen, you have a winner for us. Yes, and key here, once again, a reminder, because we often forget oh, yes. to do it. I forgot to do it a couple of weeks ago as well. Please include some method that we can get in touch with you. If you don't include a Twitter name or something like that, even if your review is brilliant, we just we can't get in touch with you. So please remember to leave a Twitter name or something that we can get in touch with you. But here's a winner for this week. And this is JamieD124. If I don't win a gold badge, I'll take on any one of you. Delmarnock McDonald's, 4pm. No chibs, no pals. Just fists. In fact, pals allowed, but I'm only battering one at a time. <laughs> On a serious note, this is top tier of Celtic podcast. Measured, funny and insightful. The Patreon is well worth a couple of quid as well. Cheers, lads. Jamie D124. So cheers for that. Uh, a good a good Twitter reference yes. there. I'm sure we can all agree. <laughs> and this is where we shall wrap up um, you've heard us discuss the Patreon plenty of times in this podcast patreon.com slash 20 minute times you can support us from about £2.20 a month or you can go all in and get absolutely everything that we do so check that out patreon.com slash 20 minute times and it's goodbye from me Stephen goodbye from me thanks again folks Melly goodbye from me and hopefully goodbye from the manager thanks for listening <laughs> 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.